0: Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of AJ Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously guys, this show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your name, man, John so mother motherfucker, mother, your host, Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and boy, oh boy, a uh, very special treat here. Uh, this is episode 159, of which I am bequeathing onto all of you, and it's an interview. Uh, I did an interview da, 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 two weeks ago. Got another one in the can here, and uh, told a great story two weeks ago. Got an equally great story here. I'm interviewing the Brooklyn Outlaw, Mike Donovan. It was a great time. Uh, I got a chance to do this uh, in the can uh, about a week or so ago. So I've been I, I've been waiting for this to come out. I did the live show last week, so we had to postpone. But this is it. This is the interview here. I know you guys are going to have a good time. This is a good listen. Uh, Cool dude. Very humble guy. Had a good time uh, talking with him. Had a couple laughs. It was good. Um, The only reason I didn't release it... uh, Well, I already said I I had a live show, but the only reason why I... uh, didn't do my traditional opening. We were running behind, so I, I knew that uh, I, I had a chance to record it only the one time, so I didn't want to go through all the bills and whistles, so I figure I'll put that in later, which is what I'm doing here, but I also want to take the time because just before I recorded with him, I got a, a, an email. I got an email from Podbean. They were congratulating me, thanking me, on um, my podcast being picked up now by a new audio outlet there, a new platform, Amazon Music. Amazon is now dipping into the music world, and they're trying to eat up as much audio content as humanly possible, and I was picked up. So the show now is on a bajillion different platforms, and now we're adding Amazon to the list. So thank you all of you out there who have been supporting me this entire time. Thank you guys for giving me the numbers that I've gotten, giving me the reach that I've gotten with this show. Thank you so much for all of it. Cannot thank you enough. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, another thing that I wanted to throw out there while before you guys listen to this interview is that next week, uh, we will not have an episode on Saturday. The episode will air live uh, next Sunday, which is October 11th, which is the three-year anniversary of the show. I cannot tell you how humbled I am by this day and uh, by all the support that I've gotten from all of you Uh, Over the course of the last three years, we're going to be doing a big thing next Sunday. Huge. Uh, You'll be hearing about it on my social media as we get closer. Um, A lot of plans, a lot of plans, a lot of people to talk to, a lot of people to thank. And I I also I mentioned this last not last week, two weeks ago, last week. uh, No, last week. I did mention it last week live on the show. Uh, my, uh, criticism of myself has gotten to my head. I put out the post about the possibility of a full-time co-host for the show. Uh, I, uh, ha- I did that facetiously. I just kind of did it, and I got so much responses from it. So many people that wanted to join the forces and combine minds and voices. I didn't mean to just rhyme that. I'm just smooth like that, I guess. And I took it into consideration, and I-, I, I spoke to a bunch of people, and, and the end result is, uh, I, I mentioned this last week, I have selected a co-host. We will be moving forward with two voices on the show moving forward, and I can't wait for him to start. And the he will not start at the live show, but he will definitely be introduced uh, at the and on the next program, which is, again, next Sunday, October 11th. I haven't decided on a time yet. I don't know if 7 is going to work for me because I have some things that I need to do Um But we're going to work at a time. But it's definitely going to be live. It's definitely going to be visual, not just audio. And it's going to be uh, next Sunday, October 11th, the three-year anniversary of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. And can't wait. But we'll be promoting that at the proper time right now. The stage belongs to the Brooklyn Outlaw, Mike Donovan. You guys are going to enjoy this. Have a good listen. Download it a couple times. (laughs) Get a bunch of people that you know to listen to this because I'm telling you right now, this guy is special. This guy is great. You guys are going to really enjoy his stuff. Um, YouTube him. Google him. Check out what he can do. Uh, He's been endorsed by the best. I'm telling you, this guy is really, really good. Now you guys are going to get a chance. I'm not going to edit that because I'm already in a rush. Uh, You guys are going to get a chance to hear his story, which is a fantastic story. He's survived so much. He's been through so much. And he's kind of a savant when it comes to this wrestling stuff. So hear him out. Check him out. Mike Donovan. uh, All of his social media and stuff is in the description. So is mine. Uh, Even his trainer. He's dealing with a health trainer right now, Duncan Lucas. His information is also in the description. So share it out. Holler about it. Make some noise with this episode. And I will see you guys next week for the 100th. No, not 100th. What are we at? I was gonna say 160. Uh, 60, there you go. 100, 160th episode, and three-year anniversary episode all together. Jesus, what a what a week this is about to be. So, thank you guys for everything, and uh, enjoy the interview. Multiple times. Hey guys. So this uh, last week I went live, so I held off on this interview for one more week, but we're gonna do it here. I wanted you guys to. Have uh, this experience man I wanted to do this interview I've been waiting to do this interview for a while I I wanted to have this in the can and ready So I can execute this whenever I'd like So thank you guys for tuning in here I'm not sure which episode this is going to be But it's an episode baby We're going to put this up It's going to be a full hour So it's going to be fantastic And I'm here with a gentleman here today That I have uh, respected and admired for quite a while This gentleman has been in the business In the Northeast area for a long time I've gotten the opportunity to work with him On several occasions i've uh ring announced this gentleman i have called some of his matches he's actually had some of my favorite matches that i've ever called i've always wanted to have this gentleman on the show and he i'm not only gonna have him on the show but i I definitely want other people who are listening to this to understand this guy uh, and i'm and i'm not just singing his praises because he's on my show i'm singing his praises because this is why i wanted him on my show uh, he is very deserving of a lot more attention than I think he's been getting. He's been getting a lot of attention as it is, but he needs more. Uh, this guy needs to be branching out here. He needs to be on the bigger stage. This is a, a hidden gem that I'm revealing to all of you here in the wrestling audience. Uh, I'm here with the Brooklyn Outlaw, Mike Donovan. Mike, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here. He that's,
0: is. A, that's a very nice intro right there. Oh, I got more for you. We're here for 60 minutes, baby. I'm going to fillet you for free. This is going to be fantastic throughout the course of this whole hour. Uh, I, I've, uh, I've met you a few times now. We've done a few shows together. Uh, I've had the chance to, there was one night in particular, I think I introduced you about 17 times. We did like a tournament. And I I had to say your name quite a few times. And I've called some of your matches, obviously, when you uh, were married to my boys, EYFBO, over at Hogs. So we have some knowledge of each other. But I definitely wanted to have you on the show at some point in time. Um, And I'm glad that uh, you've chosen to to come on the show and you've spent some of that free time that you rarely ever get to be with me. But I definitely wanted to tell your story just a little bit because it interests me so much. Um, uh, You've been through so many different phases in your career and you always managed to come out on top and every single one of them. And I wanted to tell that story. I wanted people to get a chance to really meet you, to understand you, to kind of get with what you do and how you do it. And and I want to start at the very, very beginning with you. I, I want to I, I wanna talk to, if I could turn back the time here and talk to little Mikey for just one second. Um mm-hmm. And I want to start this story with your interest, because you've been doing this pro wrestling business thing for quite a while. Uh, you are an established veteran in this area. Uh, so I'm assuming this wrestling for passion goes all the way back. I mean, how far back does your passion for wrestling really go?
1: No, it goes as a, as far back as since I was about two years old. I mean... My mom would still to this day, whenever she sees like matches here and there of me, she'll still always remind me of this one specific story, which kind of pretty tells exactly the kind of uh, person that I am in the business and how I display myself out in the ring. Um, uh, That, you know, she used to get me the wrestling buddies that were very popular back then and probably still are. Um, And I had Hulk Hogan. And apparently, apparently there was a an Andre the Giant. I don't yes. know if that was. Yes, there
0: was one. Yes, it. I
1: recall. Okay. And she used to always tell me, like, you always used to, when Andre the Giant wrestled Hulk Hogan, you were so fascinated by Andre the Giant. And you loved him so much that you were happy he was actually beating up on Hogan. And even with their little wrestling buddies, I would have Andre the Giant always beating up on Hulk Hogan. Oh, you, and were, you were booking I'm, strong
0: early. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> so I was always always doing that, and she's like, I was jumping off the couches, jumping off mm-hmm. the bed, uh, just beating up on Hogan all the time. So I was like, well, there goes there goes why I like to be, you know, the bad guy. Yeah, born in, uh, heel, business. look.
0: <laughs> exactly, it was a natural gift. So you you you've had a fascination with it. Uh, pretty much since you were a kid, I, I have the uh, unfortunate mom stories of the broken couches too, and and so I could definitely identify with that. Uh, as you got well, older and you got a little bigger, how how big were you into sports? Oh uh, well, uh, I was. Um, I mean, I'm
1: Puerto Rican and Dominican, so naturally baseball was something that I always loved. It's so almost like you um, have no it, choice in
0: the matter, right? You just baseball. That's that's no, what you it, start with. It was just nat-
1: <laughs> naturally inherited. You know, it it falls in my family blood, so that's the thing that we like to do. Um, and for pretty much, I would say for almost any Hispanic kid, that's like one of the things you you learn as a child. You're learning how to play baseball. You might learn how to play the congas, and you learn you learn how to play uh dominoes in front of the bodega. So, <laughs> so that's pretty. That's, I think that's usually the gist of uh your early ages, what you're learning and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but you know, baseball was always like something big for me, and I. You know, I got to a point where, you know, I was actually being really looked at for baseball. And then, you know, a couple of things happened and it didn't work out that way.
0: We were so, talking. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say that uh, we were talking a little bit off air uh, about some uh, some health things you were getting into. Were you were you always a health conscious person even back then? No. Oh no,
1: okay. I'll admit that. No, no. That's a new that's a new eater. deal. No, no, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> i I was a big eater, big I was a big fatty. Um didn't care. I mean, even the the matches that you can see uh that uh myself, Rob Vegas and EYFPO were married to each other during that little stint, like I was a I was a fatty. And I, I look at that now and I'm like, shit, you look you look like crap there. You know? So like this is more or less like over the past couple of years, you know, and people in higher places, you know, told me as well, like you, you do good work, you know, I like your stuff, you know, you gotta you gotta look the part though too. And you know, all those places, those guys are body guys. At the end of the day, like they like, you know, obviously they wanna you know, they want good matches, they want, you know, good storytelling, they want all that, but as well they want something that's gonna be appealing to the eye. And me walking in at five seven, uh yeah, you're, you're already like... behind the eight ball, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, there's got to be that, you know, balance. And, you know, you got to look the part as well. and you got to take this seriously. You know, it depends on, and especially it depends on who you are. If you're someone that that's the character you portray and you go with that, then that's cool. You know, do your thing. But at the same time, you, you know, as everybody else is out there, you got to look the part. If you're taking off your shirt, you got to look the part. If you're doing this and that, you've got to look the part. Because if you don't, then you're just, you're just making yourself like everybody else. And that's not what you want to be in this business. You want to stand out, you know? So, you know, more or less, I just started looking at that. And, and when I was teaming with Vegas, like, he, he's a body guy, really into that. And that's where I started my little infancy of trying to get myself in better shape. Okay. And then, you know, over these past couple of years now, like I've taken it really seriously. You know, I, one thing I, I like in, in my area and I, I'm sure a lot of people could vouch for me is that I'm, I'm good in the ring with my cardio, you know, mm-hmm. and I can work multiple matches in one night if I have yeah, to exactly. without any <laughs> problem because of the cardio. So like, that's one thing that I prided myself on. And now like, you know, I want to take the next step and make sure, you know, i, I Looking to look look like a shredded handsome devil, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm trying to make that happen for myself, and I'm right now I'm doing this uh, this, this eight week uh, program with a guy by the name of Lucas Duncan. Um, uh-huh. Let me see. Uh, let me see if I could drop you his Instagram real quick, so that sure. way anybody that's listening can go ahead and uh, you know get that info because he does he does a fantastic job. I, I can't complain about this guy. You know, I was a little skeptical at first when I was starting it. And then, you know, once I got into the gist of things and you start seeing everything, you know, working and you're like, this guy knows what he's doing. And my man's thing is, oh, you just type in Duncan Lewis, D-U-N-C-A-N-L-U-K-A-S and his instagram instagram page will pop up he has a program you just go ahead and sign up right now he's uh he's you know giving discounts and flash sales obviously because of everything that's going on with covid nobody's going to pay nobody's going to drop $200 for a, you know a fitness program it's just the honest truth right now yeah. um so he's making it very affordable for people and it's working you know and i i certainly i don't i don't go ahead and co-sign anything unless i know it's it's legit So, I'm telling you, it's
0: legit. You know,
1: it's a pain in the ass,
0: but after a while, once you get the hang of things, you know, you love it. Folks, I have this guy on the show, so I can interview him and put him over. In nine minutes in, he's putting some other guy over. This is the kind. (laughs) This is the type of guy we're talking about, folks. This is the kind of humbleness and respect that I'm talking about. Uh, If it's okay with you, I'll go ahead and I'll put that Instagram information on the description of the video. I mean, of the uh, yeah, actual podcast. Absolutely. So, if anybody wants to take a look at it, uh, they could took a, take a look uh, there. Uh, as a youth, you 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 were into sports. You were already a wrestling fan since the, pretty much the beginning. Was there a match? Was there an individual? What was the moment that made you realize I I really want to do this? Like instead of watching it, I actually want to do this.
1: Ah, uh, actually, this is actually a funny one because it, it has nothing to do with WWE. It has nothing to do with WCW. It has nothing to do with any other wrestling that you would see out there. Legit. And I can say that maybe some of the kids in the inner city, maybe maybe EYFBO, uh, maybe one of them might say this too. I would say what really made me want to like really shoot for it was I was at a doghouse show. I sat Uh, there. I sat there, watched the doghouse show. Uh, it was actually because my buddies were doing they were doing a little backyard stuff and I went to go hang out and uh, my buddy uh Malik he went ahead and he was just like oh just come out with me and you know i came through the curtain it was a different experience and then that night they just told us hey if you guys want to stay and watch the show you can watch the show just help out with the chairs uh, because the rings back then the doghouse they had three rings mm-hmm. really two and the other one was like a mat my wise type deal. Yeah. And uh, so they were just like, just set up the chairs and everything. And then you could stay and watch the show. So we set up the chairs. I wasn't going to go anywhere. I was like, this is my first live wrestling show. I'm going to watch it, you know? Yeah. And I sat there, watched it. And I was like, damn, this is something I really want to do. I mean, I still didn't have the balls to do it for a couple of years, but like, I was really hooked. Like I was already hooked on wrestling, but then hooked on the idea Of actually doing it was like bam right there watching that
0: now for some people who get the uh the bug and this is one of my favorite questions to ask especially for someone like you who's been doing this for so long when you're a fan when you follow it for so long it it seems like a natural thing like i really want to do this i really want to do this take me to the first day that first bump (laughs) how 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 quickly did you realize to yourself uh maybe not i don't know was that was was that first bump natural to you just okay yeah i can do this or were you a little skeptical well
1: i'm gonna keep it g right now my my first bump was
0: not in a wrestler yes you did mention before yes that you were doing a little yarding in the beginning yeah
1: exactly uh my first bump was actually uh before even that uh just like my buddy, his name is a. Uh, he used to go by the name of Dangerous Dan Payne, um, and he he wrestled in the business for a little while too. But we would always hang out in his backyard and just chill, you know, talk shit about wrestling, things like that, uh, with a bunch of the guys. And just the idea came up, like after that doghouse show, I, you know, I was just stuck on that idea. And then finally, you know, he just came out and asked me. He's like, "Do you actually want to do this?" And I was like yeah, let's, let's go for it. What's, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know? So he had, he had mats and everything like that. And, uh, obviously it's
0: not the place I should do it, (laughs) but I took my first bump there. And we're not advocating folks. We're just telling the facts. We're just telling a story. No,
1: no. Yeah. I'm shooting the breeze. I'm not going (laughs) to, not going to sugarcoat anything. And, you know, I took that first bump, uh, the first back bump I took, it was a little, uh, but it came natural. Like. According to him, you know everything was solid in the way I bumped and everything. It was the first front bump where I kind of almost like scorpioned myself. I don't know Ooh. how that was even possible, but <laughs> I went to go do it and I threw my legs, uh, threw my legs up way too high and it just
0: early RVD tendencies. Myself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was like damn, you were you but were that, already oh, spiking. <laughs> yeah, but legit, that's where I got my first bump. Like hanging out with him In his backyard And he just We just started doing it Like front bump Back bump And side bumps That's what I learned From him there So by the time You hit a real
0: uh, ring It was like cotton
1: Oh yeah By the time I got to the ring It was like You know yeah Of course (laughs) Because you're you're bumping On solid ground Yeah Solid uh, You know There's a mat there Of course There's a mat there From the park The mat's just there To keep you from
0: dying You're still hitting
1: You're still hitting A solid ground (laughs) Exactly on the bottom there, you know, it's like a wrestling ring. You've got the planks, you've got, you know, you've got the mat, you've got the the canvas, which is is not it's not a sweet landing for anybody. Yeah. So if anybody out there thinks that that you know doing that is like oh yeah this is like there's a spring under there it's gonna bounce for you no it's it's just as rough yeah like you'll go home and you will go home sore the next morning you're gonna feel like crap you know so it's yeah, I mean, obviously, it's way different than doing what I just said as my first pump because yeah. again, you have those you have those layers. For me, I had a blue mat, a black mat for the park, and then concrete floor. Right. So, well, I have a, given.
0: I have a similar background for you. So the way that I always uh, explain it to people, it's like preparing to be a boxer, and the trainer says, "I want you to not be afraid to, to get hit in the face." So the first thing he starts doing yeah. is bashing you in the face with a tire iron. And then after he hits you with the tire iron, he hits you with a boxing glove. The boxing glove still hurts, but you prefer the boxing glove to the tire iron. Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and if whoever did that, that's abuse, bro. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd call, I'd call three one one if that ever happened. Uh, so you're, so you're sitting there. You're training. Um, once you got the ball rolling, right? Okay, you trained. You're meeting a few people. You're networking. Did, was the plan in your mind? Was the goal in your mind? I'm going to run this as a singles. Did you start off as a tag? Did you have any smaller goals when you first started?
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, I believe it was I took those first bumps. Then it was maybe I was bumping in in his yard for about, I would say like three weeks. And then um, we ended up going. That's where I met Mike Morgan in the city after that. Uh, Because he was like, hey, there's a school that just opened up uh you should go there you obviously shouldn't be doing this here which obviously i agreed with him
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it kind of it started taking its toll you know for health reasons Um, you are correct sir yes yeah exactly
1: so then uh no not even three weeks it was a couple of weeks after that it was a couple of weeks because i i started doing you know obviously i started doing the yard thing with the with the fellas uh so it was a couple of weeks after that he introduced me to mike uh, we started there, you know, handshake, whatever. And, you know, he Mike hooked me up and trained me and his training was no joke. It was no joke. And, uh, during that time, just to get me into the flow of things, he actually, uh, had teamed me up with, with Dan Payne. Uh, and oh. I think damping suggested it as well because I would fit. So whatever he was doing and, you know, during those times, like I just, I kind of just acclimated myself to what everybody else was doing uh, just to, when I was doing my tag teams. Uh, So I just fit to everything that Danny had in terms of look and everything like that. And it was just a learning process of me just, you know, taking my bumps, getting bumped around, you know, doing shows, working in front of people. So I trained and like, maybe I would say I started training like around, i say springtime, which would have been, what, April? It was April, and then by October of that year, I
0: actually started uh,
1: to do, I did my first show for Mike.
0: Did you feel ready for that show? Were you like a deer on ice? How, how'd you feel going into that? I mean, this is your first pro wrestling match.
1: Yeah, I know, it was a... Uh...
0: It was kind of like the deer in the
1: headlights look. Okay. I was just, I was just told, just listen, just go out there and listen to to what we're gonna tell you. You know, just follow, stay quiet, listen, keep your mouth shut, and just, you know, everything will be fine. So, you know, that's exactly what I did. I just, you know, I listened. Uh, I don't think I, I said anything. Like, <laughs> I just listened to everything that they told me that they were gonna do. I was like, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, uh-huh. I got it, and then. The, Phoenix I Downs mean, Place, yeah, yep, sure, okay, let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah, my mind, with my mindset that whole time, it was just like, this is actually happening. So I was, you know, really overwhelmed by the situation. And at the same time, it was just like, you know, I got to remember all this stuff. Not to mention, I believe one of the workers, they were going back into the service. So I was also told, hey, this guy's leaving for the service. Don't fuck this match up. Make sure it's memorable yeah. for him. So I'm like, oh yeah, great. You know? No pressure. I had a pressure on my first match.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how many years um I'm assuming it's years. If I'm wrong, you can correct me, but how many years uh did it take for you to start to feel like okay, I got this. Like I, when I get in the ring I'm I'm pretty confident that not only I could be safe, but I, I can I can control this matchup if I really wanted to.
1: I would say it took because by that time when I started with Mike, I started going
0: there religiously
1: yeah. to train with Danny. So we're gonna
0: talk about Ace Heavy in a second. I'm just trying to get an idea of where you're coming no, from. No, so yeah. yeah, Uh I got. I would say like about a year, a year and a half
1: is when I really felt like I can control the okay. match. Yeah, it took it took a little while. Like I mean, the, the bumps and everything came natural to me, but just like just doing things that actually make sense yeah. and not just doing things for the point of doing them. Like I would say like a year and a half in, I started realizing, okay, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. We can do yeah. that. And then, I mean, eventually, I mean, still during that time, even a year and a half in, you're not going to get everything. It's mm. Still to this day, there's guys that are out there that have been doing this, are, have been doing this forever. They're still learning every
0: day. So, you know, no, but I, you I ask because you, you always come across as a natural to me. I, did, I didn't meet you until you were already well deep into your career. And my impression of you, as far as a worker goes, you always looked so smooth. Uh, the execution always looked so good. You were always in the right place at the right time, especially when you guys had... Because I've, I've seen you have slower matches, more technical base, and I've seen you guys go out there and just blow the doors off the mat, off the tag team match and I just see this this range and what you're able to do so to me, for someone who sees the finished product it just looks so well done and, and well together, so I was just trying to get a gauge how quick it took you to get to that point it doesn't sound like it took you long
1: No, it didn't take too long but it's, it's still like, you're still learning things every day, I mean still to this day I watch some matches and I'm just like, crap, like Literally, I literally, on my phone, I've got probably like tons and tons of videos where I'm just seeing certain things that I just like, and I take a clip of it, and I'm like, you know, this, this is great. And you just want to watch these things over and over again just to, just to pick up the nuances or just the natural movement and stuff. Like, the natural movement, it doesn't, that I don't want to hear anybody ever say, oh, the natural movement for me came instantly, because that's not true. Yeah, That's not true. That comes over time, you know? That comes over time feeling like you're, you're, you're just at home in there. You know, like just to move just like you move any other day, just like you'll move to go do the dishes, you know, cook some food, you know, just walk to your bedroom, lay in bed, get up from bed. Like if to be able to move around like that, that takes a couple of years because you're just still learning and everything like that. So but just to be able to actually call a match and and feel comfortable knowing that I called a pretty good showcase right there, I would I got it within a year and a half time.
0: Do you, do you, this might be uh, too vague a question for you, but do you remember some of your opponents or maybe a particular match that happened during that time period where that's where you felt it? He's like, all right, no, this is the right guy. This is the, I, this was a pretty good match. I, I'm feeling strong. Was there
1: a moment? Yeah, um, I was, I worked this guy by the name of Justin Toxic.
0: Oh, I love him. Um, yeah, okay.
1: You remember him? Yeah, I back, remember at, him, yeah. Uh, back at, back at ace better known as AWA with him. I had a good match with Damian dragon. Uh, we actually that. had a very good series of matches. And then, uh, what, what really clicked for me, and this was very early on when I was just like, you know, damn, I can, I can go and I can tell stories with great guys. Uh, I worked the match with Jay Leto and that match. We, it was a, it was a very big proving match for me. Cause it, it proved to me that I can go out there with some of the best guys and work, you know, because during that time he was, you know, he was just starting to, you know, starting to grow in the business and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was just like, this guy's in Ring of Honor and everything like that. So it was a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. So when I wrestled that match and we did our thing, I was like, Phew. and then as well, uh, Azrael, you know, Azrael's, oh, you know, the I, machine. Give credit Az- I give credit for Azrael for being one of my trainers, you know. And, you know, he really matured me in uh, in doing things in the ring and everything like that. So he really prepped me and helped me. So when I went in there and I had a really, really good match from him and, you know, he told he came to me and told me because during that time, uh, Jersey All-Pro, were, they were looking at uh, workers from, from AWA, and, uh, better known as Ace now. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that match, uh, he had told me, he said, hey, nothing's going to happen, but I just want to let you know that match between you and me. A, you know, put an eyeball on you. But, I mean, nothing nothing ever materialized from it, but it told me at least, like, yeah. you know. I you're did doing something.
0: something right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you were doing something right. You were feeling it. It was a good match. Those those are hard to come by earlier in the years, man. It's, it's not until usually you start clicking when you get them. So it's good to know that you had a, a little bit of a litmus test there. You you started yeah. figuring it out. It started clicking. Now you're doing great on, a, on your own. And you wind up in a tag team. One of my favorite phrase, uh, phases of your career, style and finesse. One of my favorite okay. tag teams. You guys, we talk about performing in the ring, doing things that make sense. I must have called close to seven or eight of your matches as a as a, as a tag team with a different type of opponent almost every time that I saw you. Uh, obviously, most of them with Eyfpo. I don't recall you ever really having the same match twice even when you were facing EYFBO multiple times, uh, how was the transition for you to now slip into a tag team? Granted, Rob, uh, your partner, Rob Vegas, is a pretty good worker himself. Talk to me about how that came about, who made the pitch, how'd you get together, what was that transition like?
1: Well, that actually happened because um, it was a closing out show uh, because AWA again, now known as Ace, they used to run on the third floor of this building. And Mike actually got the property on the second floor now. So he was moving to a bigger location, even though it's still in the same building, but it was just a bigger, bigger place for us to to do shows and everything like that. It's given the ability to build bleachers. And if you've ever been to the the old Ace building on Sip Street, you would see, like he went from the third floor, this little small little studio-like place, which had amazing matches in there, um, with us you know changing in the staircase to them him then him going to the second floor to this bigger location where there was actual locker room built, a legit entryway, bleachers, and everything like that, because I believe prior to him getting it, it was um a gymnastics uh school, so okay. there was a lot of space there oh yeah, so you know during that time he added the last show. Upstairs and he had just Pitched the idea he said hey I want Donovan and Vegas teaming up And we're wrestling I believe uh, This uh, Brian Brass and Joe Hardway That's who we're wrestling And the match Like me and Rob already knew each other But we were never like really We were acquaintances During that time so Just when we got in the ring It just came natural you know the match was great our, our work with each other, were, were, it was great. Uh, just the way we acted during that time, it just meshed. And you know, he was the swap pretty boy. I was the little asshole. So <laughs> it kind of mixed well with each other, and uh, it just worked. And then after that, you know, that I think that was the main event of that show that night, and we crushed it. And then after that match, Mike was like, "Hey, I want to put you. I want to. I want you guys to be a team permanently." And we were just like, all right, we just went with it.
0: off that one match, they were like, "Nope, this is it. This is what you need to do."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: talk to me about the psychology, the 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 transition of psychology. Here you are. you're a young singles competitor. You're trying to get over. you're trying to make a name for yourself. They slide you into this tag team because, it worked. You just explained everything that happened, what the mindset was. It just worked as a team. Psychologically in the ring, what kind of a change was that for you now? Because now Rob's got to get his shit in. There's a lot of different things happening. How'd that work out for you?
1: Well, I mean, it's a it's a big dynamic change. I mean, you go from just you and someone else telling your story to now four people telling a story mm-hmm. in one match. Um so, you know, when you're in a tag team, you've got to gel with the guy. You putting Just putting two guys together, just for the sake of putting them together, it, it's pointless, you know? So when you can find two guys who can really gel together and can and know what the other one's thinking before they're even saying it and just look at each other in the ring and can pull off something and make it look smooth, you know, that's something very special. You know, I'd say this all the time. Like, uh, you know, I believe... Uh, EYFBO when they started I don't think originally They were a tag team They were just solo guys Hell
0: no And it pissed and me they, off When they were putting together yeah. With a tag team Exactly I was and there then for then that became... I was in the room When they made him a tag team And I was mad as fuck <laughs> <laughs> I was but I see, was mad. like
1: Like those guys Had their own way Of doing things
0: Yeah But then you see When they
1: they were but When they were able To put it together It just became Something amazing And look at them yeah. now You know Yeah I know I just texted it, it, them
0: The other day I was like Oh five stars I guess I can't tell you shit now Huh yeah, <laughs>
1: I love those guys. Though they're they're, they're they're great guys. They're very humble. and yeah. you know they don't they don't forget where they came from, which is a, no, which is no great because a lot of guys a lot of guys that get success like that quick they they tend to forget. But those guys, you know, they're on top of their game. They're they're on top of the world right now, and they they look fantastic. They're working great, and you know, and they they're just still very humble and great people so that's, that's not the for main. nothing that's no, where you, you should be mike that.
0: that's where you should be you should be up there with them because it was guys like I'm you that trying. pushed them <laughs> it was guys like you that pushed them to get to that next level which is where i was headed to with this style and finesse thing what uh you guys did gel their psychology did work as i mentioned before yeah. i've seen you wrestle EYFBO in different buildings in front of different audiences and you guys changed your match every time and, and that's yeah. just that's just led to, to successful nights. You guys killed it almost every time. Definitely one of the most fun tag matches I've ever had the privilege of calling, and I've called quite a few tag matches. I always looked forward. When I found out the first time you were at Hog that it was going to be a best of three, I, I got so excited it was ridiculous because now I can tell a full story over the course of three right. shows in several months, and I could really put you and Rob over, which I was hoping – you guys would have been able to stick around a little longer because I thought you guys had I I thought you guys did a hell of a job. I thought you guys I was yeah. I was surprised I was like so they're, they're going to be on full time, right? Cuz they're such you guys are such an easy match to call. You give you give the commentators so much to work with as far as how you portray. Even though you're a team, you still have your own individuality. Like you said earlier, you're more of the street tough guy. He's more of the pretty boy. But there's still an era, an essence of arrogance to you. There's over the entrance, the outfits. You guys had these these capes and all this. I was like, this is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> it was so good. The whole package just looked so damn great. I was always such a oh. big fan of that. You don't
1: know, you don't understand how many times though me and this guy used to argue <laughs> God, once again. Like, he'd be like, I, I want it this way. And I'd be like, I want this color though. I want that color. And yeah. we would just come in. It'd work out eventually. And we would get what we
0: want. But <laughs> but it goes yeah, back that to that was, looking just, the part thing. You guys looked it. I'm sorry? I So that goes back to your point earlier about looking the part. You guys looked the part. It was fantastic. Oh, no, yeah. The, the, the look just gelled in just the name.
1: The name actually came, honestly, um, the name originally came, we stole it, I believe, from Jay Lipo Because he was doing European uppercuts to people, and he was like, these European uppercuts got some style and finesse to them. And uh, when they when they asked us, you know, what's your name? That was the first thing that came up on Rob, uh, Rob's mind. He was just like style and finesse. And I was like, all right, let's go with that, you know? So that's that's how the name originated too, and I think it originated as well the the original person that actually said style and finesse, it came from a Rick Rude promo. I do recall. So that, that's like where that, yeah. that's where Jay got it from when he was doing the Europeans, and then we got it
0: uh, because of Jay. Because so again,
1: we were training, we were training it with Jay and Azrael
0: all the time. Yeah. So you'll fight for the gear. The name you didn't put too much of a fight with. He's <laughs> like, all right, let's go with that. But the the gear no, that, that was your heel to die on.
1: Oh, I know, yeah, yeah, we were always fighting about that. And I was like, I was more i was the I more or less came up with like good concepts for the gear, and he he was very big on black, 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 black with something, black, 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 black with something. and I was like, no, let's do this and this. And this. <laughs> so we were go and then eventually like we'd both meet in the middle and find something that just works and it came out great like I, I the the gear that we had that was uh white and gold. yes, that was my favorite that's one. my favorite that's one the, too, yeah, my favorite one that i that that we wore and then we had the gold uh, we already had the gold and white um uh sleeveless robes already so all we do is just alter it a little bit
0: to fit the new look and boom there it was my broadcast partner uh Brandon Lewis who was calling that hawk show with me he referred to the gear as it's it's all eyes on me type gear when you walk in the oh, yeah. room looking like that everyone stops and they go those two guys right there It was absolutely fantastic. Let's talk a little bit because there's a lot of performers that uh, they have a base. There's an area that they always kind of seek comfort. They call it a home. You and Ace are kind of intertwined. You spent a lot of your time there. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're still there to some degree. I know COVID right now is making things a little bit more difficult, but I got the list in front of me, and I'd like the fans to understand. When I say that Mike Donovan's name, is almost synonymous with Ace. I mean this shit, for real, okay? Mike mm-hmm. Donovan is a former Fight for Flight champion, former Diamond champion, former Tag Team champion. He's been the heavyweight champion. I'm assuming that's all the belts. You've held all the titles. I, I, no, they, it, used to have a, they used to have actually a lightweight title, and I got that, too. He got that one, career. too? Okay. Isn't that, that's <laughs> not the Fight for Flight? No. That was no. a completely different this one.
1: This was an a uh, completely different title, and then they ended up debunking it, but they originally when they started they just had the light heavyweight title, the heavyweight title, the tag team titles, and I think eventually they had the women's. but during that time, uh, early on I ended up
0: with the lightweight title.
1: And then they got rid of it, and then eventually everything else. They and then paid. they made a new yeah. belt, and
0: they gave that one to you, too. So all the belts, yeah. <laughs> even the defunct ones, he's held. And you are a Mike Morgan Jr. Memorial Cup 2017 winner. Now, you, you, you have a close relationship with Mike Morgan. You've been with Ace for a long, long time. That tournament, the Mike Morgan Jr. Memorial Cup, can you explain to fans who maybe don't follow Ace that heavy, what that Mike Morgan Jr. Memorial Cup tournament really means to the guys who are really with Ace and have been with with Ace for a while now?
1: Oh, that that tournament means everything. So all the guys that are a part of it, all the guys that have been at Ace as long as they have them. Obviously, it's a memorial uh, tournament for Mike Morgan Jr., who basically everyone from the jump that's been at Ace, they've seen this little guy grow up. You know, I've seen Mike and Mikey Jr. since I believe he was about five years old, maybe. I might be wrong, but I mean, I was there for a very long time. So I believe he was around five years old, six years old, something like that. And, you know, I've seen him grow into a man, you know. And, you know, that tournament was just basically a memorial for him, you know, because unfortunately his life was taken too soon. And, you know, this is just our way of, you know, letting Mikey know that, look, we'll never forget you. We love you. You know, he's like a little brother to me. Uh, He's a little brother to everybody else that was in that locker room, you know. So being a part of the tournament was big just to be in it. And, you know, obviously, I believe it was the third installment of the tournament is the one that I ended up winning with with Rob. Uh, You know, that was big for us, you know, because one – uh, we were Mike Morgan Jr.'s favorite tag team, and just a clear fact that we were able to honor Mikey by you know winning that cup is is huge. I mean, I still have that. It's it's in my house
0: right now. I'm li- literally as you said it. I looked over to my left, and it's right there
1: with my son's trophies too. So
0: I've worked with every company in New York. I never got a chance to uh, to work with Ace. Uh, I have. At the time, in the beginning of my career, a very limited time being around Mike. Uh, but that tragedy that took place, I think, affected the whole area. Like There were people who might have never even met Mike who felt that pain uh, during that time. And when the tournament started, there were a lot of people who were uh, very big on that tournament because they they felt for that tragedy. They They, they felt for the guys who were going through it. And um, I'm very happy that you were one of the guys that definitely walked out uh, with the cup. They've had that. Tw- they've, it's, it's still an annual tournament, is that correct? Uh,
1: as far as I'm aware of, yeah. They were supposed to have it again, obviously, this past year. But yeah, a couple yeah. things changed. Uh, and obviously, we know with everything going on, so that's not going to be something possible right now. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but, but yeah, no, they, they were still doing it a year. It was still an annual thing. I believe it just started out as a memorial battle royal. That was the first one. And then it started turning into a tournament. Um, I think if I'm correct, tournament-wise, I think they've already had three. And then they had the one battle royal.
0: Mm. You, mm. Uh, you did the, the, the tag thing. You guys had uh, a very high level of success. So far, if the people are following along, you've been pretty good along the way. And out of the blue, you're back to being a singles guy. I want you to explain to me what is the Brooklyn Outlaw? What does that mean to you? What is what does that character represent to you?
1: Well, let's let's just go back to just the tag team thing real quick. Uh okay. With the tag team thing, me and me and Rob were—I mean, when we were married to EYFBO, we were killing it, crushing it. Absolutely. I, and I can say that very confidently. We you were should crushing it with those guys. <laughs> you know, because again, like you said, no match was ever the same. Where everything was always different. We always told a different story. And I I still sometimes go back to those matches just to, just to look at it. Just have a little look at it and just see how it was and like damn, you know,
0: we, we gelled very well with those guys. You know? I still but think it, it you're the only started tag started team. Becoming like a little, I still think you're the only tag like... team to make Santana take heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 'Cause during, during that time he wasn't he No, wasn't he such was a not. That was seller. Monkey Spot. Yes. Monkey was the one yeah, that he got was, to heat. Yes. He, yeah, he wasn't such he wasn't such the fella no. type. He like, was the comeback like, guy. That was his thing. Oh the yeah. Fire up yes, yes. The, yeah, that was that was <laughs> I think of the commentary you could tell my excitement from like you I don't think yeah. you've ever heard a commentator be so happy that one of the good guys is getting beat up. I was like, oh, he's getting his ass. I was really trying to put it over because I was like, oh, I want Santana to take heat more. Jesus, give monkey a break. But yeah, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah,
1: he was uh, he was selling in those matches for us. He was taking the heat too. So, and it was great. Like they they all. I I'd like to at least believe that they learned a little bit from us during that time. Absolutely. with our experience during that time, and then obviously they blocked them into being great performers. And, you know, obviously we learned a lot from them as well, you know, because the, the business obviously started changing where everything was a lot quicker, a lot faster, you know, so getting that stuff from them helped us out too in that department so we can better hang with everybody else. And obviously uh, we had the series with them at House of Glory. The first match we just went in there, they were just like, Hey, just come uh, have this match. Um, it's, we're doing a tryout gimmick here. So everybody try out and see how it goes. It was a live student show, obviously, but it was more or less trial for the better known guys or the more, you know, veteran guys in the business. So we went in there, we, EYFBO and our mentality was just like, let's just go kill it. You know? So we went in there, just put a, put a great match together and we killed it with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt great keeping up with them. Uh, it felt great just knowing that you know we can still gel and go as a team. Because during that time now we were just in and out of tag team. It was like here and there, here and there, here and there, not doing a lot either. And again, just killed it. They invited us back, uh, and then we ended up doing the the whole series with them. And then after that, that was that. Uh, we moved on. Um, don't know why, but I'm, I'm not gonna get into that. That's just don't you know. During that time, I believe you know when that happened we ended up making mistakes on our end, you know, going to another company. Um, so it kind of didn't help us out there. And, uh, from that part, I believe during one of those shows that we went to the other location, Rob ended ended up suffering a high ankle sprain. So when he suffered the high ankle sprain, I believe at that time we were working for W.O. Warriors of wrestling. We were working for tier one, um, I think that was pretty much it. And we were doing, you know, JCW here and there. You know, we were doing other little occasions here and there. He had the high ankle sprain, and that was it. Like, there wasn't much he could do. And then there was a little tournament or just a random show that we did, and we were doing it for Mike. And we weren't a team there for Mike. We were still singles. And uh, Rob ended up suffering a torn bicep and uh, I believe his chest as well. I forgot the exact injury I can't really tell you all I know that was that his uh his bicep tendon they had to like put like a hook to attach to his shoulder just Jeez. to make sure that you know just to get everything to, you know regenerate itself back to the way it needs to be and um, you know that took him out for a very long time so now it was time that you know obviously there was no tag team now I just had to start doing what I do and you know the Brooklyn outlaw, I mean, that's just an extension of myself, you know. When when I go out there as a Brooklyn outlaw, I'm not going out as anybody other than, you know, who I am, you know, Ramon Donovan, you know. That's who I'm going out as, you know, at the end of the day. You know, no longer it's, it's not, you know, style and finesse Mike Donovan. It's no longer, you know, teaming up with Dangerous Dan Payne uh, with the old name Mike Mayhem and all that stuff. This is, you know, the Brooklyn outlaw Donovan. You know like this yeah. is This is me This is That kid that grew up On Albemarle Road Or right off of church In Flatbush Ave Oof
0: But all You know exact
1: Exactly <laughs> You know Grew up in I used to live right there On Lennox
0: Road uh, Between Nostrand and uh, Rogers
1: Oh so you know then You know exactly I was there how it is, you for know? like Eight years
0: I lived right. there I know that whole area Yeah
1: Yeah I was living out there For 21 years of my life man yeah. You know and it's just That kid that was out there Just hanging out in front of the bodegas, hanging out, you know, in front of the building, you know, Chill. not knowing what's going to happen to you, just chilling, chilling with your fellas. But at the same time, someone could just roll up on you, throw, pull a knife on you or just, you know, pop you, you know, and that was that life that I was living until obviously pro wrestling came into my life. So I just, you know, I just wanted to go back to who I was, you know, naturally I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm a suave dude, but naturally I'm not Mr. Pretty Boy guy. Come on. You know, naturally I'm just that, that little hoodlum out on the streets, you know. I'm a grown man though, you know, so yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna go walking around like a, you know, on Otacate or a little crazy kid and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, I'm a grown I'm a grown man with kids, you know. Word. So I'm still hood. I'm still hood. When I need to be hood, I'll be hood. Yeah. But I'm a grown ass man, you know, so obviously you have to elevate yourself eventually. Wow. So, you know, that's just me going back to who I am. You know, but at the same time, I'm still this grown man that, you know, got through all that adversity, took himself out of the hood to better the life of himself and his kids, you know, mm-hmm. it's my kids that took me out. So that's just me representing who I really am. And, you know, being the Brooklyn outlaw that just comes natural to me, you know, yeah. being that, you know, that natural asshole, because naturally I am an asshole. People that don't <laughs> know me automatically assume I'm an asshole because I have that oh, asshole yeah. face. Yeah. You know, but, you know, people that are in my inner circle, they know, like, you know, I'll give the shirt off my back for anybody. Right. Yeah. But I, it, I got it, that vibe. It, I
0: never, I, I understand the face, <laughs> but I don't, I never got that vibe from you. We've shared the locker room many a day, and I've never seen you come out, you know, come out of pocket literally with anybody. So, so I understand that. Oh, yeah. no. And
1: in the, in the locker room, I'm just very chill. You know, if I mostly, mainly in the locker rooms, I'm very quiet to myself unless i you know i'm with my fellas and i'm you know i'm talking and everything like that so for the most part i'm very quiet and stuff like that but sometimes people get the wrong impression of me if i if i make a face or if i say something specific (laughs) but it's just you know it's just me being me like 100 i'm not gonna sit there and just be fake about who i am you know and it might it might turn people you know the wrong way to me, it might make people go, "Oh, you know what? He's cool." Whenever once you get to know me, then you know, you know, I'm a really cool dude. But but I'll know, get hood if I, I need to. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that'll never that'll never change about me. You know, Absolutely I've always not. said it like everybody can say what they want to
0: say, but the one thing I can always say about myself is I always kept a 100 with people. You know, always, always. You've always been a good dude, man. Always, you've had as a single. Uh, you again. You were the uh, ace heavyweight champion as the Brooklyn Outlaw. You've been the Pro Wrestling Magic mm-hmm. heavyweight champion. You you've had a, a good measure of success, but as we get near the end here uh, of the interview, not <laughs> your career, but My as we get, as we get, <laughs> as we as we move forward here, because I know you've got years left. I mean, because of your style, um, you you've got some time left, and I wanted to kind of get an idea, pick your brain a little bit. What what are some of the goals? What what are you trying what's left for you to accomplish? What where do, where are you trying to go with this? Well
1: it's it's right now it uh you know, I'm setting these little goals for myself and what's that should be something that every wrestler in this business should do. Um obviously I found out I learned it a little bit later than everybody else and you know that's no, that, no that's that's not not on anybody else but myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first goal I had in mind was I was, honestly one of my first one of my first goals was to get into House of Glory. And I did. I was able to get a couple matches in. Um then it's like, you know, those little local goals, you know, get into Warriors of Wrestling. I got into Warriors of Wrestling. You know, then uh, then as time went along, you know, for a while, I honestly just – I wasn't taking things seriously. I'll be honest with you. Like at a certain point, when, when I won the Pro Wrestling Magic title and the, the Ace Heavyweight title, I believe it was relatively around the same time, I sat there and I was like, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get for me. And I was just happy with the fact that it was just going to be that. So I just sat there and whatever about it, and I, and I enjoyed everything as it was. And I ended up going to do a tryout. But not no, not a trial. Let me correct myself. It was a seminar uh, at Danny Cage's uh, Monster Factory, and it was with Pat Patterson, with uh, Ian Riccoboni of Ring of Honor, yeah. and Punishment Martinez of Ring of Honor at the time, who's now um, Damian Priest. And me and me and Damian Priest go way back. You know, he remembers me from when I started out, and we went. Th- and I just went there just to go, you know. Yeah. I kept always, everybody kept saying, just go to one of these things, go to one of the things, these things, you're going to learn, you know, invest in yourself, you right. know, and I never took that seriously, the whole investing yourself thing. Um, so I ended up doing, I ended up doing the, the seminar, you know, uh, Damien pulled me to the side and, you know, he was putting me over. And he was just like, Hey, I'm going to make sure that you get, uh, you start working shows for monster factory. So I can get you into future of honor at least. So I was like, all right, great. Um, And then, like, at that time, I'm like, well, look, things are, like, turning around for me here. And sure enough, a couple weeks later, uh, Danny Cage uh, contacted me to get to book me for one of his shows. uh, But it was in contention to Pro Wrestling Matches date. And at that time, I was their champion. So I'm like, you know, I wasn't going to, like, not honor, you know, my booking. And especially being the champion there, like if I wasn't champion, I would have, I would have pulled out. But the fact that I'm their heavyweight champion, like I have obligation to that, you know. And I'd feel kind of wrong of doing that, because you know, if someone puts, you know, the heavy, especially that heavyweight title on you, you know, that's a big obligation for you. And at the same time, it's like they're telling you, like you, you know, we feel comfortable knowing that, you know, you're you're the guy here. So I, I took it very seriously, and I went and I did the show. I was wrestling KTB. And How at the, the end of that match, at the very end of it, I ended up uh, tearing my tricep. Oh, yeah. Damn. So I ended up tearing my tricep. Uh, and I still did a segment after that, <laughs> for a, bump, a segment that I was bumping around afterwards, too, which sucked even more. And then, uh, you know, I let them know, hey, I tore it. I went to the doctor the next day because everybody thought for some reason it wasn't the case. And I knew, I knew, I know my body. So I knew something was wrong in that tricep region. I was like, I tore it. And I waited another day, felt the same way, went to the doctor, got it checked out, torn tricep. So I was out six months. Yeah, out six months. So not only did this opportunity now go to crap, because now this opportunity to try to get myself into Future of Honor is not going to happen, because I can't obligate myself to to the dates at the Monster Factory, because at that time uh Danny Cage and the Monster Factory and Future of Honor they were like working together. So it would have been like do the Monster Factory show, get into the future of Honor and stuff like that. That was what that's what that was what was happening. Yeah. And that's exactly what Damian Priest was setting up for me. So that obviously happened and I think like a month later I found out he got signed by WWE. So I'm like, oh, oh. crap <laughs> There goes that.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean good so, for him, but damn
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what I was like, well damn, you know, and I kind of, I took that to heart, obviously not, nothing, not towards him because why wouldn't you you go, go make a you know, make a career fantastic, you know, why, I'm not going to feel a sort of way towards him. Like he helped me out. I was very grateful that he even took the time to do that for me, you know, after all these years. And, you know, I took that to heart that, you know, that look, I had it right there and I let it slip through my fingers. So and I was just sitting down watching NXT with my son one day, and legit, my son is what helped me get my fire back because he was sitting there and he was like, "Dad, you, you, I've seen your matches. You work just as good as these guys." And then he was like, "Why aren't you? Why didn't you get there yet?" And I, that hit me hard, and I was just like, "Oh nah. These kids <laughs> nah, in their fucking honesty. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, his honesty. I was like, "Yo, that." I ain't letting that ride out like this, you know. I'm not. I'm not gonna be that type that's not gonna sit there and at least try to get there, you know. So I just, I when I got back, I went full speed ahead, got myself to do some. I believe I went to go do another tryout. I, I did, ended up doing a trial for for a, a seminar trial for Evolve. Um, I didn't get picked that night, but the email I got back from Gabe was a very positive one, and you know he really liked what I was doing and then i ended up doing a recruitment camp tryout uh 3 days in florida for them for evolve and you know out of that came you know my booking and appearances on evolve and being a part of the unwanted so that right there just knowing that like look this is the this is the next step to the wwe like that 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 was big for me you know yeah. i was like you know i'm finally getting this thing going you know, and, uh, you know, and even it was it was pretty funny because not even my son took it seriously when I showed him that I was, in, I was in Evolve. And he was just like, all right, whatever, dad, because he's already at that age now. Now he's 14. So he's like, oh, whatever, dad, whatever. Yeah. And at the time he was 13 and I showed him the show. He was like, all right, you got a good match. It was cool, whatever. And then at the end, there's, you know, the whole credit thing. And it showed the Evolve logo and then that faded out. And then the WWE logo came on. And his face just the the reaction he had with his mouth dropping, and he looked over to me, and I was just like, "Oh, you thought I was joking, huh? Oh, this is serious. You thought this was a game."
0: <laughs> exactly. Like
1: and like now, like with all that happening, like it's you know, it's sign or bust for me now, you know. And yeah. I'm you know that's what I'm going for, man. Like I'm 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 gonna get myself signed somewhere. I'm not saying I'm trying to. I'm gonna get signed somewhere. And I'm going to make sure of that, you know, because I'm not going to go out with any, no. I'm not going to go out with any what ifs or anything like that. Like, I've never been more comfortable of who I am, what I bring to the table, what I bring to a match, how I tell my stories than I have been now. And I know, you know, I know there's somewhere out there for me that can utilize what I have, you know. So, you know, that's what I'm shooting for. And I'm not going to be satisfied without that and it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when you know and again as you said like you feel like I should be utilized more you know I'm you know very humbled by that comment I agree with it though but (laughs) not in a cocky not in a cocky manner but just like you know I agree I feel like I do bring something different to the table if you look at me and you look at a lot of other workers I look different I don't look the same I don't look like everybody else you know, so I do bring a difference to the table. You know, the way I work, I, you know, I'm a brawler and I know that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm not going to come out with, you know, I'll bust out a, a something crazy here and there. But, you know, my whole thing is I'm going to beat you down. Yeah. And I'm going to wear you out to the point that you can't take it anymore. And then I'm going to drop you. And I'm when you're trying to get up, I'm going to put you out, you know, and that's me, you know, that's, and that's always going to be me. And that, that, I know, is what is a presentation that I know definitely isn't out there too much anymore.
0: I was just going to say earlier, you said uh, when, you, when you began talking, you said that there's, there's what you do, that, that there's somebody out there that could use that. I, I would like to answer that question by saying everyone can use <laughs> what you bring to mm-hmm. the table. Uh, there isn't a single company that I can think of that couldn't use a Mike Donovan on it. Uh, I've seen you in person. I've seen it. I've seen you at your best. Uh, I haven't seen you since the injury. Uh, but uh, how do you feel since the injury? How, how is that? The, uh, I, uh, have I you had a great, chance to man. work on it since? I went.
1: No, yeah, when when I got uh, this was I would say this was about two years ago. Now. Okay, so I feel great now. You know, I went to Crowbar's uh, orthopedic place. And he fixed me up real well. Um I feel great, you know. I love when wrestlers talk
0: about injuries like their cars. Yeah, I went over to the shop, I got got that replaced, yeah. I'm good to go now. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, like getting man. new rotors put in or something mike listen hey i've loved this entire conversation I, I i'm so glad i got a chance to talk to you here i hope uh how'd this go for you you felt good about this
1: <laughs> no I, it was great man I mean, Yeah, I'm, i really appreciate you again contacting me hitting me up you know absolutely letting me know what you what you felt about my work what you felt about what needs what should be done you know i you know i take that you know i don't take those things with a grain of salt and you know I appreciate your words and everything like that like
0: uh, I'm going to be things, more words there's more got, words coming there's more words coming cuz I got <laughs> I have to like I said uh, we're going to be putting this up next week from recording so I got a full week to let All these people know who the hell you are so that we could uh, let them hear this full story. This is a great story. I want everybody to hear it. I want everybody to share into this. And I want everybody on the bandwagon, if you're listening to this now, uh, if you know who Mike Donovan is, we're preaching to the choir, I'm sure. But if you are unaware, you guys have to do your part here and get this guy's names out here because I'm telling you, you want this guy wrestling in your area. If for nothing else, just for him to rub it in his kid's face, that he traveled out <laughs> to your city <laughs> to perform. Just so we ha- we can't let Dad lose in this. He has to win this wow. battle with his kid. But now, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Um, I'm gonna do my part to try to make sure that that goal of yours um, happens. Because, like you said, it's not a matter of if it's when. I I completely agree with that. I I, I can't see. People in power who see the way you work and not decide to do something with it—you've already had tryouts, you've had your opportunities. Something's there; it's just a matter of uh, how people tend to use the talent. Like you and I have—we, you and I exchange words sometimes on social media. We're always on this—we uh, may agree or disagree on certain things, but we're always in the same spot in the sense of it's—it's—it's it's, it's how you're being used, and you got an yep. amazing skill set, and and I think the right mind and the right person who has your best interest at heart, is going to get a money ball player when he finally decides to pull the trigger on you. So thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to seeing your post-COVID work. Hopefully we can get these shows back up and running soon and get you back in front of audiences where you belong, brother. Thank you very much for being here.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you for having me.
0: 100 episodes now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com
1: slash A-J-O-U-M. Please, he needs this.
0: Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best so I don't know.